0: I'm dreaming <laughs> of a white Christmas. Christmas in July,
1: Alex? Yeah,
0: absolutely. But, I mean, really, we're not even going to be talking about Christmas at all this episode. No. We're talking about dreams. dreams. <sighs> so good, dude. Uh, we actually, you know, we just recorded an episode with Sarah Fader where Sarah Fader, if you remember from episode 30, was talking about hashtag this is what anxiety feels like and stigma fighters which is a great episode you got to go back and listen to it but this episode we're talking about dreams
1: yeah sarah has a background in psychology and philosophy and counseling and she puts all those skills to
0: use and blows our minds absolutely and you know it makes me think you know Jason, you and I, we've we've yeah. read the scriptures before.
1: Yeah, pretty much all of them and know them by heart.
0: Yeah, I know all of them, even all the t- passages in Deuteronomy. Know them yep. like the back of my hand. <laughs> Not really, um, but no, we. Their dreams are in the Bible, like yeah. K-Razzy, dude. Joseph, Daniel, other Joseph, the <laughs> other
1: Joseph, Jesus' stepdad, Peter. Yeah. I mean, has a dream where food comes down in sheets. I mean, how cool is that?
0: It's basically my proof text for, yeah, you can eat bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bacon's okay.
0: But, yeah, so obviously we didn't, ask, we didn't ask Sarah like to evaluate the spiritual condition of our life or anything, but we just said, hey, here's our dreams. Can you tell us what's going on? And the answers were stunning.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite incredible. There's a lot more to this than just you're gonna learn a lot about me in this episode. You're gonna everyone. learn a lot
0: about me too, dude. <laughs> this I, I'm not. I don't know how comfortable I am with no. You got to roll with it. This yeah, is, this is what we signed up for, Jason. It
1: is, and we you know we wanted to do some fun episodes, and this was one of the fun ones we had in mind. It's kind of like. Sitting around a campfire at a party, and you're just talking about some crazy dreams you had. And then everybody starts going around the room like, oh, dude, this one time I had this crazy dream. This whole episode's like that, but with Sarah saying, oh, yeah, that means this. (laughs) And, too, another element to this episode, we asked some of our listeners to write in their dreams. Yeah. And so, uh, for those that made it into the show, Sarah, you know, she takes a stab without even knowing who you are, telling you what your
0: dream means so so all right jason we just have to get in the episode so yeah. this is not your pastor's dream episode
1: Hey guys, we have a super rad interview with Sarah coming your way, but before we get to it, we wanted to do something that we haven't really done before, and that's highlight a project that's going on by one of our friends that is just really cool. So our buddy John, who is on our Halloween episode, has just with his band Baggage released a new album, The Good That Never Comes. And it's up now. It's on Bandcamp. So if you go to baggageband.bandcamp.com, you can find it there. You can download the album. What's cool about this is it's a pay what you want, but all the money that should be going to the band this month is going directly into getting toiletries for Flint water crisis victims. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, for anybody who's been in a band knows how hard it is to make some money, and these guys are giving it all to people in need. That's just cool. So what we're going to do now is play a short clip from The Good That Never Comes, the title track off their EP, and give you guys a taste of what it's like. One, two, three. I just love John's music. I love his art. I love this band, Baggage. You guys, you got to go check this out. Go to baggageband.bandcamp.com. Purchase their music, but know that you're not just helping out a band. You're helping out the city of Flint. Until August 12th, all this money is going to help the people of Flint. So anytime Alex and I can find a project like this that's going to help those in need, we're going to pitch it to you, and we hope that you will support it. Just as we have. Wait for the good that never comes.
0: Shame on me. Wait for the good that never comes. Is it a dream? Well, it's real to me. Cause everyone, they're making excuses cause they're supposed to be.
1: Hey, Sarah, how you doing on time? You're not, like, in an airport or anything? like.
2: No, I'm in a residential neighborhood in Portland, and I want to, like, just go into one of these houses and lie down on the couch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for uh, for our listeners, this is your second time on our show. We're glad to have I wanna you be.
2: Down. I want to be a regular. Yeah? I want to come back all the time.
1: I think you are a regular. So you... You were on episode 30. We did an episode on hashtag. This is what anxiety feels like. And what's funny. Oh, that's good. What's funny that's about good. that interview is you call. Oh, we called in while you were at the airport about to board a plane.
2: Yes. And now I and now it's like the other side of that. Like yeah. it's like part two. OK, this is where I landed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is that is pretty ironic. Also, if you go back and listen to episode 30, uh was it some, was it a security guard or so, like a, a air, airline worker that told you to, that you had to be quiet?
2: I got in so much trouble for that. <laughs> um,
0: for swearing
1: too loudly at the airport.
2: Yeah. So my my husband was like, um, I heard that you were not behaving at the airport, and I was like, How did you know? And because I had tweeted it.
0: Oh yeah. I was gonna say TSA knows everything. <laughs>
2: Oh, don't even get me started. Those people think they have so much power, and they have zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, because we were in such a hurry last time, I feel like we didn't get a chance to like set you up and tell who you are and what you do. So, can we take a moment and do that real quick?
2: Okay. Um. So, um, I'm a person.
1: <laughs> Good. And, Good um, start. Oh
2: wait, like what? What I do?
1: Yeah. What do you What do you do?
2: I am the. CEO and founder of the nonprofit Stigma Fighters, and I, which features real people living with mental illness, on the website. And um, what else do I do? I make things go viral sometimes. <laughs> um, like I, I did, you know. I think the thing. Well, people wanted to call me the Anxiety Girl, so yeah. I write some stuff about mental health. I, I try to you know, shed light on um, what it's like to live with mental illness, because I don't know, I just want people to have a better life who live with mental illness. And that's, that's really my passion. But it's also kind of tiring, because, you know, I also want to just like, play with my kids and my cats and stuff like that. But I, I mean, I guess I would consider myself a professional writer. And, oh, and I was in the New York Times recently, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, so like that's a huge that that's is. a huge deal. So I was, I I went through like our, our Facebook and stuff because we're friends on Facebook, and I was like, yes, we are. I was like collecting stuff. But what has Sarah done since the last time she's been on our show this past April? And. Hmm. You had the anthology book reading at the New York bookstore, the books you put out as part of Stigma Fighters. Oh, book. yeah.
2: Yeah, that was my – that was – it was at NYU, my, my alma mater.
1: Yeah, and our buddy Steve Austin was there who also had on our show. I bet his story was just like through the roof good.
2: It was – and he stayed at my house.
1: That's awesome. Which, I mean,
2: he gets some street cred because, like, my house I, – I, I mean – We were just talking about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but, like, I have 8,000 cats, so I don't know how he dealt with that. You know?
1: That's awesome. And then you just mentioned it. Since you were last on, you appeared in the New York Times, and you released a new book, Hashtag This Is What Anxiety Feels Like. And that's available now,
2: right? Uh, It is. Amazon? And... You can order it from Barnes & Noble, too, and uh, hopefully it's going to be in the bookstore soon. I have to submit it to Barnes & Noble's small press department. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that's happening.
1: Yeah. That's, and going, and, that's going on. And, two, one more, Wikipedia contacted you, and you now have your own Wikipedia page.
2: <laughs> yeah, so people can make up lies about me and submit them <laughs> and edit them to the page. Mm-hmm yeah so, it's, no, it's it's really cool. I mean that that was random, and um it, well, actually it was weird because the guy direct messaged me on Twitter he was he's a reporter and he used to work for Elite daily, and he was like, "Oh, hey, I made this Wikipedia page about you because I work for them, and I was like, "Wait, what? And then I got excited because I was like, "I'm on Wikipedia. I have made it in the world
1: <laughs> Well, there's a fun fact on Wikipedia. you were a voice actor. On an episode of MTV's Daria back in 97.
2: Yeah. I was only 16 years old. So that's not made
1: up. That's real, though.
2: Yeah, no, I, I actually, well, I I actually, when once he told me that I was on Wikipedia, um, I insisted that he include that because it's something that a lot of people don't know about me. And I wanted them to know.
1: Yeah, that is freaking awesome. That was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Yeah, it was before See, my I, t- time. I told
2: you we're the same person um, <laughs> oh, so No, I, I watched I really...
1: Daria you were on it
2: <laughs> it was really cool I mean I actually auditioned when it first came out for the role of Daria and they should have given it to me but that's alright I can picture right. you
1: playing Daria
2: thank you but... yeah I so I went in they made me do a bunch of voices and then they called me back and I played this character who gets a nose job and her nose caves in <laughs>
0: i remember that episode we're gonna find that on youtube we're gonna post it on facebook
2: (laughs) yeah it's um if you i think i sent it to you guys it's um it was season one
1: episode nine i believe i looked it up. wow you are a daria nerd i i do love daria
2: it's on it's on youtube but it's also on like an m it's embedded in mtv.com um and yeah if you, you can like Watch it. I still have it on VHS because I'm old. But um, <laughs> but you can watch it and then pause it and see my name in the credits.
1: That's awesome. So I'm encouraging all of our listeners to stop listening right now and go find season one, episode nine of Daria and check out Sarah Fader in Daria.
2: That's awesome. All right. Um, so be- Yeah. Oh, wait, before we before we launch into this um, as a part of what's going to happen next, I need to know. What are your astrological signs?
1: Oh my gosh, I have no idea. When's your birthday? October fifth.
2: Dude, see, this is why we're the same person. <laughs> I am also a Libra. I am October seventeenth.
0: All right. So uh, that's Libra then. I think yes. the last time I checked I thought they changed recently.
2: I no, that's I... just no, that's just so, I, so if
0: if it hasn't changed then I'm a cancer.
2: That makes so much sense. When's your birthday?
0: July tenth.
2: Oh, that's yeah. You're such a cancer, Alex. That makes a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> See, if we weren't talking astronomical signs, that would be an insult. You're such a cancer, just leeching off of this living thing.
2: I know, right? No, I love cancers. That means you're like you're like loyal and sensitive and awesome. And, oh, that sounds like Alex. Yeah, and just like you're just a cool dude, and Aww. and uh, and and Jason and I are just we want everyone to get along. We
1: don't like <laughs> That's, that sounds about right. that would explain why I hate theology so much, yeah
2: right, and we also we also um don't like to be wrong, ah. and we don't like for people to disrespect our feelings and we don't like when we're not heard
1: oh my gosh, yeah, I'm a libra
2: <laughs> you're you're a total libra. <laughs>
0: So Uh, weird.
1: Yeah, that's nutty. So we're having you on the show today to talk about dreams because a couple months ago on Twitter I put this feeler out there, asking if anybody knows how to interpret dreams, and you hit me right back. And yes, you had me call you, and I called you about a dream that I had. I think you were at a Dunkin' Donuts with your kids, which is (laughs) ironic because my last name's Duncan. And,
2: uh, you see what I mean? No coincidences.
1: (laughs) So uh, they're spelled differently. Mine's spelled like the yo-yo, not the donut, but anyway, so I had you, I, I called you up, I had you interpret a dream for me and I was kind of blown away by the things you were telling me. So what's your, what's your background in dream interpretation? How do you, how do you know how to do this?
2: Um, well, I've always been very intuitive. Um, and I can, uh I, you know i can sense and what somebody's feeling just by talking to them and i'm very empathic and also i i have i did study um psychology and like jungian um psychology and uh which is all like dreams and weird stuff and and then i i have a counseling background too so i'm re- like really into like um interpreting how people are feeling based on abstract concepts
1: all right so we're gonna do something to you we've collected some dreams from our listeners wait we should do our dreams. you want to do our dreams i think we
0: should because just in case we run out of time because i have i've got at least three that i I need to ask questions yeah I,
1: i i told alex that we were doing an episode on dreams and interpretations and alex was like i'm all in so you wanna you wanna start? You wanna tell?
0: Yeah. So this is this is the one that's always reoccurring. Um, I don't know why. So most of my dreams that I have that are reoccurring dreams is has to do with zombies. And I'm fighting zombies, but there is always something that goes wrong in my attempt to fight said group of zombies. Uh one time, like sometimes like my gun always jams and like it's like almost like somebody put a bunch of glue inside my gun and it like it's really sticky and it doesn't want to shoot and then I get eaten. Or there's a guy that I used to be in a band with that we didn't really get along with him very well and I I remember vividly in this dream he opened this big overhang door in this building we were hiding out in and he let all the zombies in to kill us and he was just like oh sorry guys sorry yeah sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) and so like that's that's really that's the basic dream that i have every time i'm fighting zombies and for whatever reason something goes wrong and i'm not able to fight them off like i should be able to what does it mean
2: I well the first thing that, that actually I heard more prominently than the the zombies like the fighting of the zombies was that guy in the band. How often does he is he in that dream?
0: Uh this was just like once. Okay. But it's it's just a dream that I remember vividly.
2: The that you that he let them in and and you got eaten? Yes. Um so I think that um you are very for for that that dream is that you are sensitive to betrayal um, oh. from <laughs> and, and, and from like trusted, you know, like you're when you have been burned when you trust people and it's something that you repetitively think about, like. If, you know, once somebody like wrongs you, you will think and ruminate about that for a long time. Holy so crap! Oh my
1: gosh, You nailed Alex. <laughs>
2: so, so that, so that's like you know, and and then he's a symbol of that. He's like a he's a symbol showing you that you have a really hard time letting go when someone, um, you know, heard you know like wrongs you, basically like crosses you. Is that based off you of know-
0: my personality to be extremely loyal and? When somebody breaks that loyalty, it kinda, it's kind of kind of sucky.
2: There's that, but I mean, like that—the fact that this person is a symbol of someone who um, you didn't like and was—you just, you know, like the trust was broken. Uh, you know, and that's a that's a big thing for for you. Is that you know, if you can't trust somebody, it, it's it's over. You know, and and so you you in your mind think that. You want to forget them, but you can't.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't help that Andrew from the probably wrong podcast makes jokes about him still. I'm like, oh, come on, man.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. not
0: Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening to this, it's not you. You're not the band member. You know who it is.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just. So the, but the the um, the gun jamming and trying to fight the zombies. So the zombies represent your insecurities and you don't like people seeing your flaws and insecurities. So, the thing is, like you're trying to protect yourself and put that barrier up, but the- zo- but the insecurities keep showing
0: huh <laughs> I don't know what to say right now because I feel like that's pretty spot on <laughs> that's pretty
1: incredible,
2: yeah, and it's you know it's it's like you wanna you want to present this um image of yourself as having it together, but like you but like I said before, you are sensitive, so You know, it's, it's, it's shown through, right? And, um, but I think that so that the, the lesson there is to have a boundary and to choose when to show that sensitivity because not everybody deserves it.
0: Oh, that sounds pretty wise. I, I would say so. Wow. Yes. I I don't know know what to say right now, Sarah. I just, I'm, I was just thought, I'm like, oh man, it's the drummer from my old band. He's just a jerk. And this is just the way my brain decided to reveal that to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it went, it's about it goes like
0: way deeper than that.
2: Yeah. But it's, it's like, you know, there've been a lot of jerks around in the past and, um, it just ha- like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, I have people that like, I wanted to let go of in my past and they pop up, you know, because they're unresolved issues with them or whatever. I have sometimes this dream where I, I want to go home and I have no shoes on and I'm afraid to to like that. I'm going to step in glass. It's weird. Hmm. Huh. I have that one all the time.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting. All right. I want to I want to get to some of our listeners dreams. So each of these listeners and I, I have a dream of my own, too, but it kind of goes along with what one of our listeners had as a dream. So I'll just pair it with that. So I, I I threw out there on Twitter and on Facebook if you have any, like, crazy or recurring dreams to write them in a paragraph and we'll read them for you, Sarah. So you don't know these people and these people probably don't know you outside of the handful of episodes we've done with you on our podcast. So. I,
2: I think I want to do your dream first because I, you know, like, I know you better. So let's I think that we should do that as a warm up.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a dream from the listener, and then I'll 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 share my dream with it, and you can do mine first. Okay, okay. All right. So our buddy Charlie Porter writes. He says I've been having dreams that somebody is watching me, or something is watching me in my sleep. What if something is? And then he he included the little frightened face emoji, emoji. (laughs) and he says it's. It's something that comes and goes and used to be coupled with sleep paralysis. What does it mean? So my dream kind of goes along with that. So one of the dreams that really sticks out to me, it, I don't know if it, if I woke up while being paralyzed or, or I couldn't move. And I'm pretty sure that I was awake, not actually asleep. And so... What happened was, is I'm, I'm laying in my bed and I can tell somebody else is in the room with me. And by the way, Jess is in the bed with me and it wasn't, it wasn't her, but, um, this light came on that was so bright that it was loud. If that makes any sense, it was hurting my Uh ears real bad. Uh Uh And then I felt something grab or not grab, but push down on my temple on one side and push me down into the pillow and it hurt really bad and it was like i could i could hear the bones inside my head crunching and i could not move it was terrifying and I started to um, scream in my dream, but I couldn't scream even. So the only thing that, because um, I was trying desperately for Jess next to me to wake me up because I was so terrified. And she, um, she heard me pretty, more or less gasping for air. Now I've had dreams like this a handful of times, different situations. But uh, like one time I was driving a car and I went into this, this paralyzed state and I couldn't hit the brake and then I crashed um, but kind of that same feeling so like what in the world is going on with those
2: the car one is one that like most people have and that just has to do with like feeling out of control and like wanting to control your life and everything is just not you don't feel like you can do anything right like yeah. that's that's that. that one is you know Pretty straightforward. Yeah, that
1: one makes sense.
2: Um, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I am a believer that um, when people die, they um, sometimes stay with you for a long, a, a while, you know. Um, so I think, with regard to your dream, I think that that is somebody from your past, like a family member, probably. Um, who is trying to send you a message and the only way they can do that is through through this dream. They're like trying to and it's they're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to, to tell you that they're there. So it, who I mean, the I guess the obvious question is who died recently that you were close
1: to? Man, I don't I don't have anybody that died recently. hmm. So I don't like off the top of my head there isn't. Jason like a, did grow a, up in a haunted house. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, Alex was looking at me creepily. I did grow up in a freakishly haunted house, which we talked about. Well, in that
2: yeah Halloween no, I mean, episode. That's, yeah, that's exactly th- th- that the was the first thing I. You. Right. That, well, that was the first thing I, I thought of is that, um, it's uh, it is definitely some something, it is a spirit that is trying to tell you something. So I think the thing is, because you are sensitive, you are receptive to these kinds of entities. And so, I mean, I, d- I wouldn't... It's it's unlikely that, that whatever that is followed you from your other house. Yeah, this was different
1: for sure than what I grew up with. I can say that without no. a doubt.
2: Yeah, but th- but this is definitely something trying to tell you something. Like, I mean, that, that's vague. This is definitely a spirit trying to tell you something because... The reason that you knew that your house was haunted is because you, you're open and sensitive that way. Uh, and a lot of people would not... Yeah, I, um, don't, I
0: don't want to be.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, it, it really You're going to give
0: Jason nightmares now. Yeah. The ghosts are no. watching you, Jason.
1: Well, like, what would, like, the super bright light, what, what would that represent? Because it was um, incredibly bright that it, like... Like I said, it was so bright that I could hear it, and it was loud.
2: Like, yeah, that's a that's a spirit. That's like something trying to talk to you. Ah,
1: oh, that's um, creepy.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what. Were there any words? Did you hear any words?
1: No. It, like I said, it pushed down on my temple, and it was pushing me down in my bed, and I couldn't move, and it hurt. Like it physically hurt.
2: Yeah, that's definitely some kind of talking to you but <laughs> so I don't creepy I don't know it yeah well I it, it on the surface it could be creepy but I don't I feel like it's trying okay what was going on in your life at that time how long ago did this happen
1: um this was several years ago this was uh like post like anxiety disorder I would say I would just be coming out of a, a lot of anxiety
2: and what was, was anything, um, like was something in your life changing or what, what was happening like in your life? Did you have kids or, you know, did something change? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, job had changed. Jess and I had just gotten married. You know, this is about the time where we're thinking about buying a house. So, yeah, there was a lot going on at that time.
2: And that, so, um, and did you, was that house new? Like, were, were you, how long had you been living there?
1: Oh, uh, this was at an apartment.
2: How long had you had been living there before that happened?
1: I lived there for a year before Jess and I got married and a year after. So about two okay. two
2: years. So you had been there a while. Yeah. And was that, the, and then did you move, how long, like after that, did you ever have any feeling that something was there with you?
1: um you know not I hadn't had any crazy dreams like that since we moved into the new house and that was it was kind of like a a weird isolated case I will say that
2: yeah I I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by the fact that something was trying to communicate with you
0: Sarah I want to ask this question uh about I mean it ties in with one of my dreams but I want to I don't want to take up everybody's time here with with all my problems and insecurities and whatnot. (laughs) But do you are the things that happen like around us? Do they affect our dreams? And the reason why I ask this is I was watching a certain show on Netflix. I was kind of binge watching it because I had recently been sick.
1: The Walking Dead. No,
0: no, no, no. Okay. I, I mean, when I used to have those dreams all the time, I was really into The Walking Dead, so that could be partially why. But this was another show. In another reason, but I feel like I had this dream a couple times. Uh, It was I was watching a particular show, and like whenever I would have a, I had this reoccurring dream. This kind of like same event kept happening, and certain characters of the show were in the dream with me. But I was, I was a part of the shenanigans.
2: Hmm. Um, So you're just like you're
0: in the show. I'm I'm basically in the show. It, it it could very well be an episode, but the fact that I kind of had it a couple times, it, it I I only remember what? the ones that are like that have happened to me at least two or three times. I've had the same dream
2: that you're in the show.
0: Basically, in the show, yeah, I'll, Fine, I'll just tell it. Was it an episode of Friends? It was an episode of Friends.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that
1: is.
0: There it's out there. Oh, you're ridiculous. Why am I ridiculous? That's, it's a great show.
1: Awesome.
0: I know how to play that on guitar. My that's wife often. and I watch it all the time. But this particular time I was binge watching it cuz I had just been like I had been sick and so like maybe a week or so after I had been sick and I'd recovered I had this dream where me and Jennifer Aniston are running around this hotel from oh. from Ross but it was like really weird because it was like I kept like going in and out of like I'm in the show, but now I'm not in the show. I'm watching the show, and I kept going back and forth of watching the show, but then also being inside the show itself. I think I've had dreams like that too, I'm not friends. That
2: well, generally with when you're when you have a um, a dream where you're like involved in some t- like uh, a TV or theatrical production, it's about wanting acknowledgement. Okay, so. You're probably that's feeling... an,
1: you just hammered
0: Alex again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like you want people to like validate and acknowledge your efforts and be like you're awesome because blah 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 blah. You know? So that's that's what that is. It's really wanting validation.
0: Would it have been a different interpretation if it was say Monica or Phoebe, not Rachel? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, Jennifer Aniston is like the most charismatic person on that show. Okay, so okay. I feel like that. that she also that has weird
0: earlobes. If you if you she pulls oh. her hair back, she's got weird earlobes.
2: Everyone's got a flaw, you
0: know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just sound like a jerk, Alex. <laughs> By the way, Sarah, I'm I telling you, people know. are gonna look it up, right? Like as, as I said, it they're gonna look up Jennifer as much Aniston's earlobes.
1: As much as I know you, though, Sarah's <laughs> like reading you like a book. Like she's spot I mean, on.
2: It's the yeah. And and just like I just want to go back, Jason, to the fact that your hypersensitivity. So uh, just so that you so, you know, a lot of anxious people, myself included, the reason that we have anxiety like, well, it's not the only reason, but part of having anxiety is being hyper aware of things that other people don't see. Okay. so that's why I mean, like the haunted you growing up in the haunted house. Like, re- like acknowledging the fact that it was haunted and all the shit that went down there or whatever, this dream where this entity was trying to contact you, like things like that probably happen to you a lot, but you may repress them or you may be aware of them, but they're there.
1: Uh, yeah, I- I'd i hope I'd re- repress them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's the thing is anxiety, you know, is, is a heightened level of sensitivity.
1: Yeah, so I've had... Okay, this goes along with one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and then we'll get back to some of these dreams people wrote in. But when I was on antidepressants, um, I had the most vivid and terrifying dreams. I mean, so vivid that uh, they're memories for me. And mm-hmm. they're, they're like, not. it's not like a, I had this dream one time. It's like I can really put myself in that place uh, down to minute detail and they're Mm -hmm. um they're horrible dreams uh I mean just uh like I mean I don't even like talking about them I guess I guess to say one of them is like I was in this kind of like a psych ward place Mm, yeah and um, um I'm in a room with three other guys and there's one bed and uh you know, the guy who is on the bed was clearly mentally ill and he's laying on the bed and we're kind of arguing a little bit. And then I, uh, the warden walks by and I said, Hey, can we get another bed? And he handed me and the other guy a pickaxe and he Hmm. said, you want it? Take it. And we destroyed this guy. And I mean, so vivid that I would feel comfortable saying, I know what it's like to dismember
0: Yeah. what are you what's going on in your brain <laughs> no, I'm having dreams of Jennifer
1: Aniston I know you? I wish I had dreams like this was what okay this is when I was on those antidepressants mm. though and I feel like I can't be the only people person who's had dreams like this on that medicine and I think what would stand out the most about them other than being a nightmare was how vivid they were
2: yeah I mean well part okay so um I'm gonna talk about the antidepressants, like why they do that yeah, in, that's... My, in my, in my like in my, I have a theory about that, but I think what this dream means, um, is that, um, you have difficulty with, um, confrontation. Um, Dang it, that's so, <laughs> you know, basically like you're trying to ask for what you want. And it's so hard for you. And then you become you become angry because, you know, oh, man. it's like you you really want this thing and you're scared to you're scared to confront the person or even it, it could even just be that you're angry at somebody and you can't tell them, oh you my know, gosh. Um, and so then finally, like this other person probably represents somebody who's like encouraging you to do it you know whether that's like a side of yourself or someone who's like you somebody that you confide in that you that you're like i'm really i'm really having a problem talking to this person that i'm mad at you know and i don't know what to do and they're like just do it you know like just just confront them but you, but there's a part of but there's a huge part of you that can't do it that can't just like tell the, tell somebody that you're mad at them does that make sense
1: yeah <laughs> now you're reading me like
0: a book like <laughs> like i don't know what to say the fact that it's it, it was what you dismembered a person it wasn't like it's something like with bunny rabbits and rainbows or anything that's oh, that's dude. where i'm I'm a little scared now we're not having sleepovers i didn't tell you the scary ones no <laughs> i know i, can, I really better.
2: no i get it i mean i and then, I I mean I think because the, okay so I was going to tell you about why antidepressants do this yeah that was mind. the
1: that was the main question I was yeah I but, was
2: that's, getting at. but see so yeah but the but anger you know is is a very strong um, emotion that we repress but yeah. the reason antidepressants do this is because. Um, think about how like how awesome you can feel an antidepressants like during the day you're like I feel even I feel normal and yeah
1: for sure you know
2: I don't feel like I'm floating above my body or like you know angry all the time or depressed all the time so it's like then you go to sleep and all of that shit that your you know mind is being like being controlled during the day is let out in your dreams.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
2: You know, it's like your brain is like, okay, I can rest now. So I'm going to let out all the garbage stuff.
1: Yeah, that is is. because I mean, like everything you just described from from how you feel during the day on those to the dreams at night that man, that makes total sense.
2: That's, that's every, I mean, when I was on Effexor, I was like, what the fuck kind of dreams are these? Oh my gosh, that, that
1: was the medicine I was on. It's probably because we're a Libra.
2: (laughs) Totally, totally. I mean, cause I mean, I loved, okay, I loved Effexor during the day and it really helped me through a bad time in my life. Um, and it, and then I would have these crazy dreams. And then when I went off of it, um, I don't know if you have this experience, but you literally get brain shocks when you go off of Effexor. Like, you start seeing colors and shit, and your brain's like, uh, what just happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and two, when I came off of it, I put my body through shock because I fasted for uh, a solid 14 days, but all together with eating almost nothing every day, 30 days, because I wanted oh to do God. a complete total body cleanse. I lost, like, 30 pounds.
2: Yeah, all that's while, hardcore. All
1: while coming off that medicine. So everything was jacked up.
2: Yeah, man. That is that is hardcore. Effexor is a great drug, though, I got to say. like, in, Unless you're, like, weaning off of it, then it sucks balls. But, like, it's great to be on.
0: How are we doing on time, Sarah? We good?
2: Um, yeah, hold on a second. Let me look. Yeah, I have I have about ten minutes.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's read some of these other dreams real quick. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. So uh, since you only have ten minutes, I have to read my wife. She when she found out that you were coming on, she's like, if you don't tell her this, I'm gonna throat punch you. <laughs> so um, what
2: sign is she? I need to know that though.
1: Um, her birthday is June twenty fourth.
2: Okay, so she's also Cancer.
1: Oh, well, it's like Alex. I was going to say you kind of like Jess earlier, but I didn't. Now I wish I would have. It would have been me sound really smart. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, she writes, in my dreams, my teeth crumble into tiny pieces and I start spitting out bloody pieces of teeth. It's happened in my dreams since I was a kid. And then she says, another dream I have is that I'm chewing uh, gum, which she never chews gum in real life. And while I'm trying to pull the gum out, it just gets bigger and bigger until I'm choking on the gum and I will She has
2: yeah the, uh, go ahead
1: No, I was just going to say the teeth thing. That was like one of the first things I remember her telling me when we first met. So it's you know several years later.
2: She she has an intense fear of change. Huh.
0: Um
2: she does not like things to because think if you think about teeth, right? Um, that is like the epitome of changing from a child to an adult, you know, because baby teeth teeth fall out, adult teeth come in, you know? Um, so like not being able to control things and, and, and that like the teeth being bloody, like she doesn't like things to, if, if she's used to routine or like how things are, she does not like it to change.
0: Huh? It's just like that, Jason.
1: I would say a little bit, I think so. I'm kind of afraid to like say because she'd be like, That's exactly me, you jerk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about the what about the chewing gum one? Is that kind of the same deal, or is that something else?
2: Oh, and the well, the other thing is I think that with teeth, a lot of times when people have teeth stuff, oh no, actually, these go together the, what this is the same kind of theme. She's afraid of dying. Huh. Um, so um you know. Like, does she, is she hypochondriac? Uh,
1: I, I don't think so.
2: Okay. And Not I thought you
0: hesitated. I, You're going to get beat up.
1: Well, later. no, like I was just thinking in my mind, I've been around some super hypochondriacs though. And I would say Jess isn't one of them.
2: Yeah. I would say the tea thing is like, is definitely a fear of change. Huh?
1: That's interesting.
2: Hmm. I'm, so, but I, I would actually want to ask her more about the detail of that. Yeah. Like how that, it, you know, like, so so, is it that like a tooth falls out and there's blood everywhere? Or they crumble? That's what you said? Yeah, she crumbled? said they're
1: crumbling. It's not that they're just falling out. I mean, every time we watch a movie where, you know, you're watching a horror movie or something and their teeth start falling out, mm-hmm. like she kind of winces, like, oh man. But she, sh- her her teeth crumble and she's like, they're crumbling in her mouth.
2: Like t- they turn to powder?
1: Um. Well, she said in here she's spitting out little pieces of teeth,
0: bloody.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's a fear of death and dying, and also change.
0: Wow, this is probably one of our most like in-depth episodes. I feel like it's got to be because here's Sarah, just like, oh, okay, so you have this dream. Ah, this is what you are. Then the other the other person is confirming, like, oh yeah, that Alex definitely has those tendencies, or Jason definitely does that. Ah, yeah, so weird. I'll read
1: uh, one more here from Phil Britton. It says every so often I'll have a dream where I'm at a place that feels like the edge of the world, like in a Narnia way. It's somber but not sad, or foreboding, or menacing. Peaceful. I'm not always alone, and it takes different forms. Like one time it was a massive set of cliffs, not sheer. That myself and others were climbing around on other times it was kinda like a wood and a field in late fall just before winter there's a sacredness to it too
2: So sometimes there are people there, and sometimes there aren't.
1: Yeah, kind of like he's at the edge of the world, but it's kind of majestic, maybe.
2: Um, that has to do um, with um, wanting a sense of uh, like it, that's somebody who is wanting to connect with their spirituality um, and that and be at a sense. Uh, like he's really searching for a sense of inner peace and spirituality. And so he cannot find that like currently in his life. So he's trying to find it in his subconscious because he, because he, because he's not, he's not contented in, he doesn't feel grounded. So he's trying to find that grounding in this abstract place.
1: Uh, I don't know him very well, but like I could totally see how that that fits. So I told him he might be reading too many flat Earth articles. There you go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, but that that's what I got immediately is that he's very he's a very spiritual person, and that's his, that is the place that he goes to when he's trying to connect with with his spirituality.
1: Interesting.
0: I feel like I just want to keep asking <laughs> for interpretation. <laughs> the more and more we talk, I'm like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. But. We don't want to keep you too long, Sarah. Is there any? um, What's the best way for people to get in contact with you and just follow what you do and what you're uh, currently working on?
2: Oh wait, you could do you. I have time for one more if you want to do one more.
0: Okay, this one happened just the other other night for me. (laughs) Alex hops right into it. (laughs) I was. I can't like so. Ever since my daughter was born, my sleep has been really irregular. Obviously, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm not sure if something was real or in a dream. And then I have to ask my wife later if that's what happened. And so the other night I was sleeping and I really felt like I was kind of like half asleep, but still really out of it. And, but I kept, I kept having nightmares. I don't know what the nightmare was about. I couldn't tell you what, what the thing that scared me was, but I uh, Like three times, like two or three times, I woke up from a nightmare scared, but I wasn't sure what it was. And then I feel like after I woke up in the dream two or three times, then I woke up like in real life.
2: But you don't know what the nightmare was? No,
0: I don't know what the nightmare was. But, but the way it felt was like I was waking up from a nightmare. I also, there was one time I, my wife came home super late and I sat up in the bed and started shouting at her. Like, I had a night terror or something.
2: Oh, you don't remember, but you don't know, like, what?
0: Yes. I don't know what it was that made me scream.
2: (laughs) Um, a dream within a dream, when you, you, like, having a nightmare, um, like, when you're, like, trying to wake up intentionally in a dream, Mm -hmm. um, is about control. Oh. And so... What it what that means is that um, you are there is something in your subconscious or in your life that you don't feel in control of, and so the the thing that you do have control of is like you're you're really struggling to like like this this it's like a symbol, right? So if you can wake up, you'll gain regain control.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: Dude, I have a lot of those same dreams. I wonder how much of that. It comes along with like the vocation of trying to be a pastor or a spiritual leader. And you feel like you have to always provide answers for people. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any kind of sort of connection there
2: with when you like the dream within a dream.
1: Well, just the, the, of being in control. Maybe that's just my personality.
2: Type. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends. Well, I would say it depends on what kind of dream you're trying to wake up from, you know, um, but there is actually I totally forgot about this when you um, there's a really cool concept. Have you ever heard of lucid dreaming?
1: No. What's that?
2: This is really awesome. Um, so when you go to sleep, you keep you say to yourself. I am. I am in. My, I am in a dream. Oh, I am in a dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then. And then, like the the goal of it is to then, when you're asleep, be aware that you're dreaming.
1: Yeah, I can do that. I've done that. I do that all the time.
2: I t- see. I told you that you are like in tune. Like it with uh, you're it, you can go into the spiritual realm.
1: Yeah, I can, I can wake up and say, I want to go back to the same dream and go back to the same dream. I'm not joking. I can do that.
2: I know. No, I mean, that's lucid dreaming. I told, well, that I, I, I tried, I'm telling you, you have it, you have the ability because of your sensitivity to connect with a different spiritual realm.
1: That's kind of, that's kind of crazy. This yeah. sounds like Stranger Things, I, it does. So uh, I know you're it's true though. That's,
2: but I mean, It's the truth. So I think, but the thing is, when you have the ability to do lucid dreaming, anybody can be, anyone can do lucid dreaming. Alex, you could do it. Like if you were lying down and you were like, I'm in a dream, I'm in a dream, and you really train your brain, you will be able to recognize when you're dreaming. Hmm. Well, you kind of did it in the dream where you were like, I'm having this nightmare and I need to wake up.
0: Huh. Because, yeah, because I knew it it wasn't, yeah, I knew it wasn't real. I knew it was a dream. But the fact that I kept, I like repeatedly woke up and then I feel like I actually woke up, I don't know. It was, it, it, I've never had that happen to me before. But the, yeah. c- the control thing makes sense.
2: Yeah, it, it is definitely about control. So I think what I would work on is trying to do lucid dreaming because you, when you are aware um, of the fact that you're dreaming, you can then. The, the concept behind lucid dreaming is to work with your subconscious to live a better life. Right. So there are things that you can accomplish in your dreams that are like latent problems and you can solve them in your dreams.
1: Hmm. I know I've, I've written songs in my dreams before. Yeah. Like woke up and played them. You ever have a them.
2: dream? Yeah. Yeah. To- that's, a, that's awesome. Do you ever have a dream where you have this like really cool, well, you kind of just described it, but you have like a really cool creative concept for something and it's like so vivid, and then you totally forget it when you wake up.
1: Oh, I've done that too. That, those make me mad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I get so mad at that. It was my million like,
1: dollar idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm like, oh, this was a great novel that I could have written, but I don't remember it yeah. at all.
0: Huh? Man, that's gotta like. This is super trippy to me. Like, <laughs> it I, can't, is. I can't handle it. So really,
2: why? Why is that? It's
0: just. It's just so like. Oh. S- like you have dreams, and like my wife, my wife and I talk about the dreams that we have, and like some like I always brush them off as kind of like oh yeah I just had this dream, and like of course I would be dreaming about friends because I watch it all the time
1: until Sarah comes on and reads you like a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that,
0: and then it, it it basically kind of puts some like validity to the dream. Like no, nah, this might be more than just the fact that you're weird, Alex. Like like it's it's just, it's not just like some it's not just like a a memory that you have now—it's like it actually made your subconscious is probably trying to tell you something.
2: Yeah, i, I mean, I—I I think that, and you know, if, if the—I mean, people say this a lot, but it's really helpful to have a notebook right by your bed and write yeah. your a dream journal.
0: Down. I have a friend who does mm-hmm. that. I—I've done it before. Yeah.
2: I don't like weird sex dreams, though. Like, I'm not a fan. I'm like. No, I don't want to have sex with that person in real life. That's not
1: cool. <laughs> those are the those are the ones that I wake up from and would like to go back to, but can't go back to. <laughs> there
2: you wow, go. Jason. Yeah.
1: Really, really revealing I know. something. Well she already it's revealed like... everything else about me. I feel like I'm an open book now. Everybody just knows everything about me.
2: Everybody knows. Yeah. No. I just like, want except, to be recognized. For, like, yeah. I mean, or, but I mean, that. yeah, those are really weird. You're like, I didn't actually have sex. What happened?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh...
2: Yeah, it's weird. It, it's it's weird when sometimes, um, but but I, you know the one, okay, the one where you like dismember the, the guy?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: sometimes I do dream that I'm doing some criminal act and then I'm like, oh my God, what if someone catches me and then I have to go to jail and then I wake up I'm, and I'm like, thank God that didn't actually happen. Yeah. Wow. You
1: know? Yeah, I I would not even bother. Like, I'd be. I there's no way. I think I've told my wife the other dreams that I had once, maybe twice. I will not tell anybody else. They're too. Oh, they're too creepy.
2: Oh, you? Oh, the creepy one? Yeah. I know.
1: Like the dismemberment um, one. That's like on the lighter side. I won't
0: say anything else. I feel like I don't have too many nightmares, so.
2: I'm, if, if, if people operate it, like, if, if someone could see all the dreams that I have, like, I would have no friends. Like, I really, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a terrible person in my dreams, I think. I mean, sometimes, you know? And it's, and but again, I think it's, like, releasing that anger in the subconscious, right? Or you know what I do sometimes in my dreams that's kind of awesome? Is, like, I tell people off that I can't in real life. <laughs> uh. I, it's really fun. <sighs> Oh, where, where I'm like oh, I'm like, this is what I think of you. Dang it,
1: Sarah. You, made, you, know? you just made me think of another. I have dreams all the time where I get into fights, but when yeah. I go to like punch or hit or kick or whatever, everything I do is in slow motion and I never ever oh, I've had that dream make before. contact or
2: yeah. land a
0: punch. Ever. That's so
2: frustrating. Yeah, that's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that just a frustration dream? Hmm.
2: That's a, that means um, that is also about con- that's that is also about control. Um, and also the, he- the hesitancy to hurt people's feelings, right? Because like you really want to, um, express that anger and like tell and, and like show the person that you're upset and angry with them. But there's something preventing you from doing that, whether that's like your inhibition or some societal construct or there's some barrier.
1: Yeah, so, that makes
2: you unable to do that
1: So like so the big thing for me is confrontation so yeah would it be wise to confront these people um or should I not that's
2: I, I always find that if it is bothering you um, I, I like to role play it with someone else. Like, if I, you know, like, let's, like, if you could, like, do it with Alex or whatever. You could be like, okay, I'm going to pretend that you're this person, and I'm going to say, like, if I could say anything, what would I say to you?
1: And then, and then I start trying to punch him in slow motion.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you just, like, you just, like, decapitate him, like, defenestrate him. No, I wouldn't do that to Alex.
0: He need, no, that'd be sad. We need each other for, yeah, the, for the show. Do.
2: I think it's, like, it's like a marriage, you know? Yeah. Like a different... Kind of marriage, yeah. um, A
0: marriage. But, don't hold my hand. But
2: I, yeah, marriage is what brings us together <laughs> today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Solid princess bride reference.
2: Yes, it's so sad that the kids today don't know that movie.
0: Yeah, ours do. We're training them right. I didn't see it till I was in my twenties.
2: Oh God, yeah, it's so sad. good though. It's so good.
0: Anyway, Sarah, we told you, or you told us, uh, fourteen minutes ago that you only had ten minutes. So, thank you so I'm much. I'm having
2: too much I know, but I'm having this too is, much fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. So am I. This is great. But I
2: know we have to like we have to hang out in Michigan. Like it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whenever you're in town, Jason, Jason and I
2: I'll be
1: there. Nice, Alex. You hit those notes yeah. perfectly. Well,
0: Michael Jackson.
2: Just call my name. <laughs> <and> I'll <laughs> be there. Oh, you
1: guys are like actually harmonizing
2: don't you know baby yeah
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you lost it
2: <laughs> okay you guys it's been awesome yeah Thanks for having thank
1: us. you so much for coming on Sarah and Thanks, like Sarah. I said you read us like a book so like part of me's like excited that you know our dreams so well and then the other part's like man I got some work to do on my life
2: <laughs> well I think you should go talk to the ghost that's in your house I don't want to or like
1: <laughs> That's not happening. Um,
2: no, it's not. <laughs> every time that, yeah, no, I we we can talk about this. We will talk. We will revisit. Yeah. Okay. It was great talking with you guys.
0: See you, Sarah. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you.
2: Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.
1: So no one told you life was gonna be that way.
0: That's right.
1: Freaking friends. I don't know what's funnier is that you were in friends or that I guessed it without knowing.
0: Dude, that was you you know me so well. My wife and I have been rewatching it actually. So have
1: we, dude. It's
0: it's an apothecary table. (laughs) (laughs) You broke my fridge! (laughs) Yeah, that's a
1: great one, dude.
0: Oh my gosh. It's just so Why is it so funny? I don't know. I th- I think it's a thing that, you know, everybody always desires to have that close that crew, you know?
1: I do. Yeah, man. Oh. Anyway, dude. Sarah Jeez. Fader.
0: Sarah Fader. That's all I got to say.
1: She like after the interview, you and I had to go upstairs for air.
0: Yes, because we she did.
1: she literally read us like a book. It
0: could be the mold in the basement. I don't know. It could be. But it <sighs> I'm blown away. Like, when she was, like, revealing to me, Like I said in the episode, like, I just thought these were, like, things that my subconscious was throwing out there just because. And they possibly have some real meaning behind them.
1: Yeah, like, I had called her up uh, before this interview, and I, like, gave her an example dream of where I was driving my car, and then there was this big giant elk, and then this big giant elk, like telepathically communicated with me to put me to sleep and then when I woke up it gave me its baby elk <laughs> like and then I'm not so sure it was an elk because I don't know think I quite know what an elk looks like oh, <laughs> uh, animal facts. yeah the more I think about it it had less features like an elk than just probably some cartoon thing but like she like hammered that one out of the park yeah it's like holy crap she took my crazy little stupid baby elk father dream and, like, told me everything about myself. I was like, so we got to have her on the show.
0: It was fantastic. I, I feel like we connect with Sarah so well. Like, she will be a regular. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Like quarterly visits to Not Your Pastors podcast.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's technically our third episode with her. I mean, we did my anxiety episode where I mentioned her a bunch. Yeah. And she to- she brought up stigma fighters, and I wrote an article for stigma fighters on my own anxiety I think that was episode 25? 25 or 26. And then we had her on There's the show. There's so sh- many. We had her on the show for episode 30, and then yeah. back on for this, which
0: was just incredible. I'm still blown away. I can't yeah. I can't even process what's going on. I'm, j- I'm just processing right now. It's my yeah. classic line. That <laughs> <Just> is <laughs> your classic line. <laughs> just processing right now. <laughs> dreams. Well, Sweet dreams are made of years. Oh man! There's so many songs.
1: Dream on. Oh, there is. Dreams are everywhere. They're everywhere. Particularly, you in know our, what else is our our everywhere? What's that, Alex?
0: Some feedback on social media. Oh
1: yeah, we got some. All and right, read so, it up. Read it up on Facebook. My joy and chaos, oh, which is a blog,
0: dude. We that have band to, name? That's the band name. We right We have
1: here. to write her a metal song. Absolutely. Like here, she is writing this blog right. about. Joy and chaos. Oh, dude but she writes okay she sent some pictures she posted some pictures of their garage just kind of like all tore up frankly alex it looks like your basement did before we built new zealand on it yes middle zealand middle Zealand. Middle zealand middle zealand legos legos anyway she said busy in the garage in this warm afternoon while the kids nap it's time to sort tools for the next week of hashtag Clutterbusters challenge oh we've got not your pastor's podcast playing for quality entertainment oh
0: my gosh in
1: the background how cool is that that's
0: really awesome and then
1: i you know i, I messaged her and i was like hey how did the cleaning go and she's going to post pictures to her blog and we'll include a link to that in the description yeah of this show so you can check out her blog and stuff but she said they made it through like three of our episodes yeah, with the inglorious Pastors and the Flint City Derby girls that we did. So she's still in season one, man. This oh is my goodness! Before the new year, but just how cool is that?
0: Like that is really we are being neat.
1: listened to in the background. We're back. We're official background. We are noise. officially
0: background noise. <laughs> the next step. You know what the next step is? What's that? When people listen to us to fall asleep. That's oh. the next step.
1: You know what? I'd be honored to be either one of those.
0: Yeah. I do that to the minimalists. I listen to an episode, and then I'll go back and listen to it because their voices are so soothing.
1: They are soothing. Say something soothing, Alex.
0: You're in a dream right now. (laughs) Sarah Fader will interpret it later.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. What else you got? Okay, dude, our Twitter blew up on Saturday and into Sunday because Amanda... You you said that
0: properly, yes. Uh,
1: That's the proper
0: pronunciation.
1: Our at Polly named Amanda, our Amanda, I guess. I guess it would be at Polly named Amanda. Um, She tweeted at us, the inglorious pastors, the twisted sisters, the holy heretics, and bros, Bibles, and beer. And she said this, an ingloriously twisted, heretical, not pastory, good time with plenty of Bibles and beer. A conference for us and our listeners idea for 2018
0: or 2019 dang gina dude how
1: cool would that be i'm all i'm all in yeah if this thing gets planned we're gonna have to start a patreon and raise some money to get to it because they're throwing out cities we're selling plasma jason
0: we're gonna do it
1: i mean we might have to go to la or denver
0: oh no into the belly of california
1: yeah isn't that state about to fall off like the i don't, i don't know Dan Taylor who yeah. we had on our show, comedian from comedian and pastor from Edmonton. He's going to come back it's, on our you show. You can be both, you can be both. In a few weeks and talk about masculinity. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. But he says if you all come to Edmonton, I'll host it at my church for free. To which I replied, we'll come to Edmonton if you get us into an Oilers game. And he responded, I'll just say sure. That can happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. I dude, think but, I think I have my
1: enhanced driver's
0: license, so I think that could work.
1: I mean, how cool. First of all, I think we're I don't. I'll speak for Alex. I'll speak for you, buddy. Yeah, thank Kinda you. Kind of honored to be like in the same ballpark as those some, some pretty awesome podcasts. Yeah. So, I mean, if this thing does come to fruition, we'll find a way to be there.
0: Like we'll make an I attempt. Fe- I feel like those other podcasts are pro level, and then Jason and I are monkey humping a football level. Yeah, and so I feel honored to be a part of the pros. Yeah, we'll um, <laughs> we'll we'll come and observe
1: <laughs> and take pictures with you'll everybody. hear
0: my classic. I'm just I'm just processing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Somebody say something mind blowing. Alex is just oh, I'm just I'm just processing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, so thank you so much to Sarah Fader for hanging out with <sighs> us for a while. That. And just interpreting our dreams and really reading Jason and I like a book. Yeah, just
1: but, insane.
0: But Jason, I know. Oh wait, can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead before I wrap up the episode. I'm going to
1: include a lot of links to this, yeah. and you guys can catch them in the show description. But for those of you who don't know, we also have a website. Yeah, and I post even more links. At our website, it's just because it's easier than posting them in the little show description. So if you go check out our website, you'll find these episodes. You'll find uh, Thoughts. The longest URL. Our blogs, yeah. NotYourPastorsPodcast.com. Yep. It is long, but it's easy to say. Yes. And so, yeah, just check out the website. and Check out our different blogs and stuff that we have on there. We call them Thoughts. And all of our episodes in there.
0: Hmm. So, Jason, I I know exactly what I'm going to be dreaming about tonight. What's that, buddy? It's going to be... No, but it'll probably be, you know, one of the cast members of Friends coming up to me, skating up to me, and saying, Alex, always keep your stick on the ice. (laughs)